One year ago this week, the future was uncertain, and I and many other people did not know what was going to happen. As a person who lives alone with no family, I had to do something to fill my time and to assuage my own confusion and fear. So I dusted off a lot of old audio equipment and fell back on skills I first began learning in the early 1990s. I kind of went into autopilot and used for the very first time some music I had licensed way back in the mid-2000s. I had not produced an audio piece in over 10 years, but on March 15th, 2020, I felt compelled to get going. Hello, my name is Sean Tubbs, and like you, I'm locked down in my house, waiting to figure out what the next step is as the COVID-19 emergency continues. So I thought I would go ahead and create a podcast to help share information on what's going on in the Charlottesville and Albemarle area. My career has always been about finding new ways to communicate with people about how government works. That first installment featured sound I could find online, and for the first time, I recorded a press conference from Governor Ralph Northam, a Facebook Live event from Charlottesville Mayor Nakaya Walker, and a remote town hall meeting with Delegate Sally Hudson. At the time, I had a full-time job, and it was not to be a communicator or a podcaster. I asked permission from my boss at the Piedmont Environmental Council if I could spend more time pursuing this program, because I had to understand what was happening. The second installment was published less than 24 hours after the first one, and covered one of the last meetings where Charlottesville City Council met in person. The mics are live right now. On March 16th, 2020, the Charlottesville City Council held a historic meeting at which most of the public participants were at home as part of our community's response to the COVID-19 global pandemic. The meeting will be starting in just a few minutes. The next day, I produced the third one, followed by another and another and another. On April 7th, 2020, I produced the 17th installment, which featured a suggestion from Governor Northam that we begin to wear masks. By the 36th episode, on May 28, 2020, that was an order, and one of the components related to a gradual loosening of some of the initial restrictions. Everyone will need to wear a face covering when you're inside at a public place starting this Friday. That's at a store, a barber shop. Anyway, the point of this installment of the Charlottesville Quarantine Report is not to go through each and every show. But in producing this quarantine report and a radio version that aired on a now-defunct radio station, my appetite for community journalism reached the point where I decided to strike out on my own. And in mid-July, I launched the Charlottesville Community Engagement Report. What you're listening to now is a hybrid, serving as the 54th Charlottesville Quarantine Report and the 161st edition of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newscast and Newsletter. On March 10, 2021, Governor Ralph Northam gave an update on the state of the pandemic. Over 20% of all Virginians have had at least one dose of a vaccine, and the one-shot Johnson & Johnson version is in distribution. Let's hear some of Northam's reflections. We may not be on the other side yet, but we've come a long way in the past year. 
This past Sunday, March the 7th, marked the first known COVID case in Virginia at Fort Belvoir up in Northern Virginia. And this coming Sunday, March the 14th, will mark the first known COVID death in our Commonwealth. None of us knew what was coming. Tragically, in the past year, we have lost more than 9,000 Virginians to this disease, leaving behind families, friends, and neighbors to mourn loved ones lost too soon. Many Virginians have suffered other losses, lost jobs, lost income, a loss of security, and of knowing what will happen next. It has been a hard year for everyone, but I have been so encouraged by your resilience and strength. We have seen such generation, excuse me, generosity this past year. You've stepped up and done your part to keep your neighbors and our communities safe and healthy. On in behalf of the Commonwealth, I say thank you. I especially want to take this opportunity to thank our frontline health workers, our first responders, and law enforcement, our health departments, and everyone who has worked so hard this year to help people. The vaccines are a light at the end of a long tunnel, and that light gets brighter every day. For now, we need to keep doing the things that we know work. Wash your hands, wear your mask, keep your distance. For the past few months, the UVA health system has held a weekly press briefing that has given local reporters a chance to ask questions about the pandemic response. If you have any questions you want to go ahead and put in the chat now while we're waiting for everybody to log in, feel free to do that. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get started here in just, uh, just a minute. That's Eric Swenson, public information officer for the health system, at the beginning of the briefing on March 12, 2021. First one is, and you know, kind of as we we hit the sort of one year mark of kind of the unofficial start of the pandemic. Um, uh, yeah, a lot of people are marking this week by remembering where they were when it was known that things were going to be were going to change. Um, and really, for all three of you, when did you know that something something big was happening and that it was going to mean a huge change for just kind of life? I mean, not only here at the medical center, but just in general. The first response is from Dr. Craig Kent the executive vice president of the UVA Health System. Uh, it's a good question, Eric. It seems like it was so long ago that uh, we've all probably tried to block that out. But I would say when we realized what was happening in um, Italy and then transferred to New York City, I think it became very real that uh, um, this was going to be a, a um, major event, both in the U.S. and elsewhere. And then I think... Uh, um, you know, when when the executive order came out from the governor's office that um, we were going to need to change the way that we did business in the medical center, I think that really um, began to sink in for everybody. Um, after that, I don't think any of us realized how long it was going to go on, um, and we still don't. The next response is from Wendy Horton, chief operating officer of the UVA Health System. Yeah, I was just reflecting myself on um, how one year ago, really coming together to to really work on the PPE and how extraordinary that was across our community and health system and university and just all really pitching in. And now thinking through, you know, this week, almost 60,000 uh, vaccines have been given. 
um, through through uh, part within partnership with uh, Blue Ridge and uh, UVA and how extraordinary that's been. So um, what a year it's been. Next is Dr. Kosti Safri, the director of hospital epidemiology, who spoke about how prep for the pandemic actually began over a year ago. You know, it's, it's uh, been both a professional and personal journey um, uh, since, you know, I was aware um, and, and saw those first, you know, reports from Wuhan um, on December 31st and was concerned um, significantly within that first week of January um, and, and very concerned, uh, certainly by the middle of the month. You know, it, it's been more than a year of thinking about this and planning for this. We really started our, you know, uh, our preparedness plannings in January, not in March. So, um, you know, it, it's been a long time, but I think, you know, this year, you know, at the one year anniversary of sort of, of this that declaration of, of, of a pandemic, um, the, the personal journey has been, you know, incredible for all of us involved in healthcare and all of us who are not involved in healthcare. It's, you know, tomorrow will be the last, you know, the anniversary of the um, last day that my kids um, who are in school had in-person instruction. So um, it was very difficult for me to understand how significant um, an impact this would be on society. I knew it would be large, but I wasn't quite sure how large. So we'll hear more from that briefing in a moment. A big change between March 2020 and March 2021 is a new president. Joe Biden addressed the nation on March 11th. He urged Americans to keep following the various guidelines while we reflect on the one-year anniversary. A year ago, we were hit with a virus that was met with silence and spread unchecked. Denials for days, weeks, then months. That led to more deaths more infections, more stress, and more loneliness. Photos and videos from 2019 feel like they were taken in another era, the last vacation, the last birthday with friends, the last holiday with extended family. While it was different for everyone, we all lost something, a collective suffering, a collective sacrifice, a year filled with the loss of life and the loss of living for all of us. There have been over half a million fatalities in America related to COVID, and President Biden said he keeps a card with this number in his pocket. That's more deaths than in World War I, World War II, the Vietnam War, and 9-11 combined. There were husbands, wives, sons and daughters, grandparents, friends, neighbors, young and old. They leave behind loved ones, unable to truly grieve or to heal, even to have a funeral. The one-year anniversary is not a time for a victory lap. There is still work to be done, including getting vaccinations to people. The only way to get our lives back, to get our economy back on track, is to beat the virus. You've been hearing me say that for while I was running and the last 50 days I've been president. But this is one of the most complex operations we've under, under, ever undertaken as a nation in a long time. That's why I'm using every power I have as president of the United States to put us on a war footing to get the job done. Sounds like hyperbole, but I mean it, a war footing. And thank God we're making some real progress now. 
That progress includes the administration's decision to buy more vaccines from manufacturers. We've been working with vaccine manufacturers, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, to manufacture and purchase hundreds of millions of doses of these three safe, effective vaccines. And now, at the direction and with the assistance of my administration, Johnson & Johnson is working together with a competitor, Merck, to speed up and increase the capacity to manufacture new Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which is one shot. Biden claimed that there would be a dose available for anyone who wants it by the end of May. That's months ahead of schedule. And we're mobilizing thousands of vaccinators to put the vaccine in one's arm. Calling active duty military, FEMA, retired doctors and nurses, administrators. And all of this leads up to a bold declaration. I'm announcing that I will direct all states, tribes and territories to make all adults, people 18 and over, eligible to be vaccinated no later than May 1. But can Virginia make that goal? Dr. Danny Avula is the person appointed by Governor Northam to coordinate vaccine distribution in Virginia. He gave his own press briefing on March 12th and sounded a confident tone. Um, and as we look at the supply and the pace and the demand here in Virginia, uh, we really think we will easily meet that May 1st marker and potentially even outpace it by a couple of weeks. As of today, March 16th, 2021, one in five Virginians has received a first dose. Over a million Virginians are fully vaccinated. The current seven-day average for vaccinations is 52,898 a day. Dr. Avula said the pace is allowing the Virginia Department of Health to work through the existing eligibility categories. We will get through our 1B demand by mid-April. Um, in some parts of the state, that's going to be sooner. And so uh, we really are going to allow different parts of the state, much like we did with the 1A to 1B transition, different parts of the state will move to 1C and to 2 uh, at their own pace, depending on uh, you know the, the unique uh, demographic. What about the Blue Ridge Health District? They're holding a press briefing tomorrow on March 17th to talk about the issue. But the topic came up at the UVA Health System briefing on Friday. Let's hear Eric Swenson ask the question. Uh, President Biden announced last night that uh, the hope is to have vaccinations open to all adults um, by May 1st. Um, and in the, the estimation of the three of you having been you know, involved in sort of the logistical rollout to this point, what logistical challenges need to be overcome in order to make that happen uh, on, on or before May 1st? Um, I'll go ahead and start. And I know Wendy knows this uh, a lot as well and, and Reed. Um, so, um, you know, I think that we're fortunate here that we've been planning for, you know, this pipeline of increased um, of vaccine um, for a while. We've developed, um, we feel, um, you know, uh, a process to, um, provide a lot of vaccine to our community members in a rapid period of time. And we really appreciate um, all of our partnerships with Blue Ridge Health District, the other providers in, in um, our health district, um, and really the community in general, um, including a lot of benefactors. Um, so I think we're set and poised um, for you know, a rapid increase in vaccine um, that we can um, provide both in the Seminole Square um, site, um, um, as well as in our community outreach um, efforts. One thing I had hoped to have on this program over the last year 
were more voices from frontline workers, but many don't want to speak on the record for fear of alienating employers. But this question reveals a little about the toll this has taken on the healthcare profession. Uh, another kind of question for all three of you, um, as folks who are really on um, you know, in different ways on the front lines of you know what's happened from a healthcare perspective over the last year, um, and seeing a lot of things that sort of the rest of society does not see. How do the three of you remain, you know, so positive and upbeat, even as you see, you know, very challenging and, and, and tough things um, you know, in your roles as, as healthcare providers and administrators? Um, I'll start. Um, uh, in all honesty, we're not always, at least I'm not always positive. The, these are challenges. These have been very challenging times as healthcare providers and our team members, our friends, the people we work with every day have really done a, just a heroic job. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I don't think we use heroic uh, lightly. The, you know, the, the things that people have done this last year have just been incredible. The sacrifices that they've made, um, the, you know, family sacrifices that they've had to live through, the, the you know, the tragedy um, that they've, they've dealt with on a personal level um, and as, a, as professionals seeing, seeing patients and trying to help um, people through this crisis has been, you know, very difficult to describe. Um, we'll, we'll be dealing with this for a long time. The, the one thing that, um, you know, is positive, um, um, it's not more than one thing, but, you know, certainly the things that, that I hold dear is that, you know, that there's, you know, no greater sense of purpose you know, going into healthcare. Our job is to alleviate suffering, to treat people, to make them better. And, you know, we have done that. Um, it's not occurred uniformly. There, there are tragic stories that we see on a daily basis. Um, but we've also done a lot of good. So, um, you know, a, as a physician, as a healthcare provider, um, you know, there is no greater calling than this. Yeah, I, I just want to echo what Kosi says. I think that uh, it's really the scale and the ability to turn on quickly. And so that's where we're really focused in on now is to make sure that we have the volunteers and the vaccinators ready to go so that as soon as that vaccine is made available to our health district, um, and partnering with the community and the health district and all of the various entities that will be able to really get the vaccine in arms as soon as possible. It's worthwhile emphasizing. I think this was um, clear, made clear that you know while vaccine is will hopefully be available May first for everybody um, in the United States to sign up. That we do need to understand it's still going to take a little bit more time than that to get a vaccine into every arm that, that wants it. And, and so that, that, you know, the sign up is available May 1st. We can anticipate we'll be vaccinating beyond May 1st. Where we're at now is March 16th, 2021. Today, the Virginia Department of Health reported another 1,276 cases and over 10,000 deaths have been recorded since the pandemic began a year ago. Work is going on at the federal level to connect people with doses. Here's President Biden again. At the time when every adult is eligible in May, we will launch with our partners new tools to make it easier for you to find the vaccine and where to get the shot, including a new website that will help you first find the place to get vaccinated and the one nearest you. No more searching day and night for an appointment for you and your loved ones. With more people being vaccinated, that will lead to further guidance changes from the Centers for Disease Control. In the coming weeks, we will issue further guidance 
on what you can and cannot do once fully vaccinated to lessen the confusion, to keep people safe and encourage more people to get vaccinated. I need you to get vaccinated when it's your turn and when you can find an opportunity and to help your family, your friends, your neighbors get vaccinated as well. Because here's the point. If we do all this, if we do our part, if we do this together, by July the 4th, there's a good chance you, your families and friends will be able to get together in your backyard or in your neighborhood and have a cookout and a barbecue and celebrate Independence Day. That doesn't mean large events with lots of people together, but it does mean small groups will be able to get together. After this long, hard year, that will make this Independence Day something truly special. And that's it for this installment of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Report. And it may or may not be the final installment of the Charlottesville Quarantine Report. I mean, it's really the same show. I'm just trying to figure out a way to produce all this stuff together and bring you information. I really want to thank everybody who has supported me financially as I have been able to take this leap of faith and get this information out to you all uh, about not just the pandemic, but about land use issues, transportation, economic development, all sorts of things. Uh, A year ago, I sort of looked in the mirror and I thought, who do I want to be? And honestly, what I want to do every single day is to bring this information to people. A year ago, I didn't know where I was going to be, but now I feel a little bit more stable, and I can look to the future. And uh, it seems like I might be able to continue doing this for quite some time, and I'm really grateful for that option uh, and that uh, privilege, frankly. Uh, I'm Sean Tubbs, your host, and I'll be back tomorrow with another installment of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Report. Thank you for listening, and uh, stay safe, wear a mask, and... Begin to get ready to get in line for that vaccination.